And welcome to yet another episode of Insurance Friday Happy Hour. <laughs> I'm Laird, and as always, I'm here with Becky. Hello. It's uh, We're coming to you uh, maybe live, maybe not, from my office here at ITC's corporate headquarters in Dallas, Texas. So yeah, it's uh, we're here yet again, and I guess this is episode two, right? Yes, it is. Oh, boy. We're on you a know, roll. We, we actually decided to do a second one after last week, huh? It went well. It went well. Says who? I well me. Oh really? I was. I was say, here. I was going to say. I just haven't seen those uh, numbers. Like I said last week, I really don't want to see the numbers. Don't tell me how many people are listening. Because okay, so so let me ask you a question. Uh, at what point can I tell you the numbers? What's the, <laughs> what's the threshold we need to hit before I can tell you the th- the numbers? I think it will be. It, it's it's not a threshold of numbers. It will be a threshold of number of shots at the bar at a convention later this year. Okay. Okay. That you know <laughs> maybe to ensure Tech Connect, and we always say ensure Tech Connect, and maybe that when we're down in Vegas, you could sit there and go, oh, by the way. So after after you've had have to, after you've had a few pineapple and vodkas. <laughs> <laughs> my, my energy drink, my version of Red Bull and vodka. Yeah, I can, I can, I can divulge to you how many subscribers and downloads we have. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, yeah, that'll be fine. Okay, no, at that time, I'll, I'll I'll sit there and you know I might go on a forty-five minute rant, or <laughs> or I might make a bet of how often the uh, the fountains at the Bellagio go off <laughs> and lose it. <laughs> can't believe i lost it on the last one it's like i bet you i bet you this is gonna happen nope i've been timing this see been timing that for we were there for a couple hours and i was timing it i was like okay i was watching i was like oh watch it's about to happen it's about to happen nailed it every single time except for the last one of the night and then it's just like and you know how it is it's like you could be right 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 50 times you're wrong once you're wrong oh yeah (laughs) especially you <laughs> no. I've known you what almost seven years now. Yeah, and you're not. I mean, you're wrong not often. It's not a rare occasion when you are wrong. You see that? That's my head getting bigger. <laughs> I mean, so when it happens, it's a big deal. Oh, I <laughs> call it in. <laughs> it's like billboards and and planes flying over with banners. Laird was wrong. I, you know, that, that really comes more from not me being wrong, but it's more like I'm trying to be more like. I don't want to be wrong. That's that's where it comes from. And if I'm ever at a point where I don't think I'm right, I won't even open my mouth. And so that that's that's why I'm, that's why you're usually right. <laughs> exactly because I don't open my mouth, and then when I'm opening my mouth, I'm right. But oh man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, here we are. Yes. What are we talking about today? Uh, well, today I have a story from Insurance Thought Leadership. Dot com. Um, it's really an opinion piece. It's not a news piece, but um, it's about Intratech. Where's the beef? You remember that commercial? Well, yeah. Well, what was her name? Is she? Oh, I love those commercials. And that, it was such a big thing. It was so easy. Just alongside with the, I thought she was the same lady that was throwing the tire into the discount tire window. That's as a kid, I just <laughs> was like, oh, that's a. Oh man. Well. Yeah. First of all, you know, on the, the just Wendy's, they got a stellar social media. Oh, yes. I was just listening. Um, I was just listening to something about their social media today about how uh, 
McDonald's had a mistweet around Black Friday. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Um, and then how Wendy's came into the conversation, guns blazing at McDonald's over it. <laughs> It's pretty funny. Yeah, and then I guess there was also uh, Wendy's wanted to do a flame war with other brands and all that, and you know they're just irreverent. I mean, they just they they nail it. It, yeah. it comes off right. It's at the right time. You you would think that there's not a lot of brands that would come out and say, "Oh yeah, we're just going to be this irreverent person online," and it will fly over. You would never hear of. There are like, not many bland, brands that that plays for. No, it, it, you couldn't you couldn't hear like MetLife or Traveler. Do that. No, <laughs> like, no way. Oh, we heard you. Got, we heard you got in an accident. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that would happen. But Wendy's, it works for Wendy's. Yeah, it does. And you know, whenever, as long as they they stay on top of it, because you know, the first time that they you know send out the wrong tweet or they corporate you know on a corporate level do something that just destroys it, then you you get that you, you no longer can be that irreverent. So yeah. they. They got to make sure they're doing it right. Yeah. But all right. So where's the beef? Where's the beef and where? Where's the beef? Okay. So essentially this story is talking about the substance in InsureTech. Okay. So he says, if InsureTech is to truly transform insurance, it must ultimately affect the key financial metrics of the industry. Premium volumes and policy counts should rise. Expense and loss ratios should decrease. Life annuity companies should finally gain traction in the middle market, and overall industry profitability should increase. So he's predicting, he goes on to say that what is likely to happen in 2018 is that we'll see the beef. It's not an exact prediction, but we've seen a lot of investment, but we haven't seen a lot of traction from InsurTech. So he's expecting to see that happen this year. So if I agree with them, do we end the episode now? <laughs> I guess this will be our short episode. <laughs> you know, he, he's got a point. I mean, there's been, a, as we talked about last week, it's, there's, there's a lot of investment that's gone into it that's gone nowhere, according to if you're looking on the outside. Yeah. But really, there's ramping going on. And, and sure, there, there's ones that have misstepped, and there's there's ones that have actually reached out and and made a play, and it didn't work, and they have to rebrand, re realign, all of that type of stuff. And you know that's where it needs to change. But there's so many segments, and I kind of want to talk about each of those segments that are here. The first being the marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, marketing is 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 king. I mean, it's it's your job. Yes, it is. And so, you know, the first step that everybody saw in the InsureTech was marketing change. They were worried about Google. They were worried about all these brands coming in, CoverHound, disrupting and and taking business away. Well, most of the insurance industry is not good at marketing. That would be correct. You know, they're not. I mean, you you got Geico with their billion-dollar advertising budget that – Everybody knows who they are, what their what their deal is, and you've got some other big advertisers: State Farm, Allstate, uh, who else? Travelers, Progressive, Progressive, yeah, yeah, all of them spend a lot of money on advertisers, but they're a few out of so many, right? So, what the insurtechs do well is marketing, because they're not focused on the end; they're focused on the beginning more. And it, it also, don't they like uh, really focus on the customer experience? Absolutely, which is what we talked about. Yeah. And, 
you know, customer experience is key. I mean, having something that, you know, there, there's a lot of ways you can't gamify insurance. You can't make it cool. Zebra did a pretty good job of having the rates change and whatnot, but they've since changed away from that. They're, they're doing your insurability score. They're, they're really saying this is where you're at because they're trying to set expectations. There's not a real great way to gamify it. And the next thing is you can't give discounts. You can't just say today only it's 10% off your insurance. You can do that in the UK and the EU, but you can't do it here. And, um, you know, so that customer experience is making it easy is where it's really going. Right. And, uh, I mean, have you ever used one of these sites where you just take a picture of your, you know, or an app, you just take a picture of your driver's license and it goes, Oh, I see you have this. I see you have that. This is how many cars, this is how many drivers you have in your household. I used it just to see how it worked, but I am an independent agent customer, so I buy my insurance through an independent agent. Bravo. Well, well you got to feed the hand. <laughs> I've got to take care of the hand that feeds me, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, you know, that's, the, you know, that's the, the truth is that, you know, it's really one of the things that really got a lot of the insure techs that we, when we talked to them was that they like the standard business, standard preferred business like you and I. Good drivers, no accidents, no tickets, multiple vehicles, homeowner, all of that type of stuff. You definitely are a good risk, you know, good credit rating, everything. But that's not who's online. Right. It's the shoppers, the people that, you know, non-standard or have had an accident or got a DWI that now they have to shop their insurance because they got dropped by State Farm. That Those are the people that are out there shopping. And a lot of the insure techs, they built their models off of thinking that they're going to sell a lead for three or $400 because a lead to a standard preferred lead is worth three to $400 because it retains longer, retains 10 years, not four months like a non-standard lead well i think it's not just non-standards who are online you've got millennials too i mean whenever i watch a youtube video and the pre-roll ad is lemonade yeah they're not targeting you know people in their 30s and 40s who buy homes and have kids they're they're targeting the millennials are you saying i'm old yes i am because i haven't seen a lemonade ad (laughs) (laughs) i'm like great i'm not even in the ballpark anymore yes but i'm also not their target market because i have a house and two kids yeah so yeah then then they're then you might have been looking at them (laughs) which is good you got to know your competition right and what we're doing and but that's one of the things about the insure techs that they they missed is that they went for the standard preferred first and they weren't looking for the shoppers they didn't weren't getting the right companies they weren't right driving that right value and you know a lot of the uh, insure techs that are you know really their lead aggregators that's what they are they you know, they market, they get the leads to come in, they distribute those leads to agents and carriers. Well, we hear from a lot of them. We've heard from some that have gone, some that are current, and a lot of them go, it's amazing that the independent agents, when we send it to an independent agent or someone who has the pivot, not a single carrier, but we send it to a, an agency, a call center, whatever it may be, that can offer multiple rates, it retains better because... It, and it closes better. And that's that's what they were missing, and they figured that out over the past year. Yeah. Well, when you have just one product to sell, if that product isn't a fit, there's no other option for that customer to, to choose you. Yeah. So having an independent agent where you have different options to place that customer, that's where that's where it is. 
Yeah, and you know that's what we talk about all the time is that hey, you you can sit there and offer out of your agency. You could be the agent down the road. You could be a brick and mortar single location agency, but if you act like a call center, that you say, "Listen, we can do your quote online. We can do it over the phone, or we could do it in your office." In our office. You have all the options that are available to you, and then you're meeting the needs. And someone like eSurance, they'll never have a, a location down the road. So people that want to meet and greet and understand to develop a value relationship with their agent or the person they're buying this policy from, they're not going to buy from them. But this is exactly what Geico's figured out. They now have local offices. Yes, they do. You see, right down the road from us, there's a big sign that says local office right down the road. And it's because they realize that having someone local matters. And that's where the insure techs still miss it and they've missed it, but they're starting to partner. They're partnering with agencies. They're working with agencies where they can distribute leads from them to them, whatever it may be, where they can do a lead exchange and they can actually grow. And those are, that's the transforming change that's going to happen in, in this year is that no longer is it's, I'm going to build a website, I'm going to have millions of people come to me, and I'm going to sell millions and millions of dollars of insurance. That They understand that that doesn't work. Now they understand, hey, we have to focus, we have to make sure we distribute these leads appropriately, effectively, economically, and then once they do all that, that's when they're going to succeed. But that's something the independent agent can take advantage of. Yep. <sighs> <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, that that required a drink. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, you know, then you also have, uh, you know, what is InsureTech doing behind the scenes? And last week we we did talk quite a bit about claims and automation and all of that. And I think that, you know, that those things are already coming true. We're already seeing those. I mean, I've talked to a couple of carriers this year where they just flat out said, oh yeah, we're using those guys. They're great. Or we're using that system. It, it works. And the value that we're starting to bring to the industry with all this technology is fantastic. And so really, I've always told agents, they have to embrace it. Stop Stop worrying about the stop worrying about, you know, the the Geico's and the progressives. They've been around for 10, 15 years now, pushing daily, and you're still here. Now let's use that technology and leverage it yourself. Right. You know, you can have a great website, plug. And you could put a comparative rating system right on that website, plug. And you can do and then you can follow up and you can actually have a follow up campaign that is on par and better. Than some of the big ones. I mean, I you know I secret shop all the time, and I will call them up and I'll give them my info, and they give me a price, and I get like one email later, you know, week later. Hey, are you still interested? Wow, great follow up, guys. I'm <laughs> thank you for your your effort. <laughs> I'm glad that your automated system was able to pop this email out, and great effort. And well, at least it was automated, right? Y- exactly. And then you also you know, but then they'll maybe call you back. And it's, it's almost like they're not even interested to sell you something. And so that's where IAs are able to really capture something, is that they, left, they offer the level of service that everybody wants. Right. And you're a, you and I are both avid Amazon shoppers and, and Zappos for you and all that <laughs> stuff. 
but you know that personal touch you know you go into a store and someone walks up to you and walks around with your store and actually helps you i just bought this this sweater here and you know the guy walked up and helped me and was like, oh, do you like all these colors? Can we get you a different color? Because I was going to buy it on Amazon, but they didn't have the color. So I said, hey, they have it in stock, so I'll just go ahead and do it. But having someone there actually caused me – I bought a you know $100 worth of sweaters, and then all of a sudden I was buying $400 worth of sweaters and everything else and belts and another pair of pants and all this stuff. And so there's so much more upsell opportunity when you have that personal relationship. Right. So they come in for your auto, and then all of a sudden it's umbrella, then it's home, then it's life, then it's you know all of these things that you can add on. And you know that's the value proposition that I always tell agents, you have, you can do this. Right. Well, it's also you can't just you can't just look at it if they come in for just a small auto policy that that's going to be the end all be all. If you get to know that consumer and build the relationship, they're going to going to be more insurance needs they're going to have over their lifetime as the years progress. And if you start with one policy, you can expand that in the future. Yeah. And people, I hear all the time, like, "Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting out of personal lines. I'm just going to commercial." I'm like, "We can talk about that next week's episode." But really, commercial—that's that's a changing market that people don't need to see as a lifeboat. It, they need to see it as, listen, this is supplemental to personal lines, and personal lines is supplemental commercial. You need to have that whole thing because exactly what you said. You're going to go in and you're going to buy that commercial policy, but we can also do your auto. We can do your home. And that's where, you know, whenever you go from being a monoline agency to a multiple offering agency, that's the power that a lot of agencies that are abandoning personal lines is losing. Right. I mean, as a consumer, you know, I went to my agent first for auto and home, and then I started having kids, and my knees changed. Mm-hmm. I need life insurance. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, I want to try the agent I already know, and if they didn't have it, well, I had to find somebody else. So if you have it, there's a way to then round out my account further by me being ready to meet my needs when my needs change. Yeah. So you're in the same boat I was. I mean, you, you sit there and you don't. You, you're like, oh, I don't need life insurance. Who cares? You know, I was like, and you know, all of a sudden you hear the, <laughs> and you're like, I need life insurance. I need a lot of it. I, need- <laughs> well, I think I think I just relied on my employer provided coverage for many years because it was just enough to cover, you know, expenses. Expenses. Yes. And that was it. That's all I needed. But then kids come along and the needs change dramatically. Yeah. I. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. And but you know all this this you know personal lines pe- personal lines matters. I mean it's a big thing and having that breadth of being able to make an offering is fantastic because you might be a standard preferred line agency, right? Mm-hmm. And you have a great client who has business policies with you, has a home with you, and he hits happy hour on a Friday afternoon and has too many and doesn't choose Uber and gets a DWI. All of a sudden, that, that, that person's now in a non-standard high-risk group. If you don't have an option to cover them, like that co- to cover them is going to be triple their current bill or their current um, policy, then you're going to lose that customer because they're going to take that business elsewhere that can offer it. 
So I tell agents all the time, you need to have this broad set. You need to have from non-standard to preferred. You need to be able to cover the market. You need to be able to have multiple lines of business so that you're you're covering every base. And that's one of the things that I think the insure techs lack is that they're all monoline. You know, some try to dabble into this, you know, some try to dabble in, you know, offering multiple policies and package and whatnot. But in essence, they're all monoline. You know, lemonade, monoline. Yep. And the reason they're doing really well is rental policies are taken off because put a satellite dish up on your on your apartment or your rental house. You got to have rental coverage. You're a kid and you just get in your first apartment. You got to have rental coverage. It's only a hundred bucks without contents, maybe 200 with contents and everybody needs it. So if you're a non-standard agent, you need to be plugging in rental on top of that policy. And if you're a standard preferred agency, just like you would do with like a home policy on an auto policy or vice versa, you need to be going, okay, non-standard doesn't really pay me much. It doesn't retain long. And it's, it's something that you've got to, you know, work a lot more than a standard preferred agency to keep them on the books, but you add in rental. A lot of times that becomes a package. It's a package for the non-standard high risk buyer. And then you can retain them longer because they have more value of being with you. Yep. Hmm. Absolutely. You know the drink after that? Yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. I I love talking about insurance. I love the the opportunity that, that, that this industry has. And people that abandon this industry, they're missing the boat. Because they're walking away at the most exciting time because there's opportunity for all of us to really sell more, capture more business, win that business. You know, a lot of times they'll go over to Progressive and their needs will change. And if they can go with an independent agent that still offers Progressive, they love the Progressive workflow. They love Progressive. They have no problems with Progressive. The price is good. But they weren't, you know, Progressive hasn't offered home forever. Now they purchased ASI. But so they're going to start rolling that into a home product. But what if they do renters? What if they do that? And now what you can do is you can actually shop it. And a lot of times you can say, oh, you're with this company. Well, I'm going to place you with this company for auto and that company for home, and I'm going to beat every price on the street. And that's just, that's winning. Yep. What else you got on that? Oh, that was it, really. Just expecting the momentum to continue, and we'll start to see uh, results out of InsureTech, really, more than we already seen. We'll just start to build and continue to grow. What are you excited about in this industry? What am I excited about? Hmm. That's a that's a tough question. Whenever <laughs> it is a tough question, you know, I I think I am excited about uh, helping IAs become better. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's that's what we've been doing. Uh, well, what I've been working to do for the last almost seven years, and it's what brings me to work every day yeah i love i love seeing ias that are just crushing it you know and crushing it is relative i mean you might not be the brand that has hundreds of locations in a in a single state 
You might not be that, but you are going out there and you are networking and you are out there uh, online and having a great online media uh, presence and reaching out and taking pictures of your staff at, at baseball games and creating this environment where, hey, we're a real person behind this agency is, you know, insurance is a social business. And that's why I think ins- uh, insurance uh, really plays into social media because it's a personal business. It's about relationships, about who you know. And I've developed so many friends and and, and family in this industry that it, it's it, it's great and I want it to continue and so finding great ways to uh, continue and perpetuate this industry is my passion and it's fun I just hope that the that a lot of these agents don't give up on it yeah because you know a lot of them are, and I don't like that. It's it's hard to see. And then whenever you go to shows like, you know, Elevate, that you see these passionate agents there that are like, I'm really, th- I'm learning something here. I learned something. I had something to take away. I'm going to make a change in my agency, in my business. I'm going to run my business differently because of something that I learned. It. it it makes you walk away with a smile. I mean, I was remember I was I was walking past Ryan and I just said, "Hey, I heard a couple people walk out of here and they go, I'm going to make this change because I heard this or I heard that." And that was all they needed out of that show. So, you know, looking forward to the the show this year. But there's lots of shows that people need to be going to because the industry is transforming. There's new ideas that you won't hear at one show that you hear on another, and we all need to be we all need to be participating and that that's what matters. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the end of this one. Uh it's it's uh it's getting it's getting close to the to the the timer on that one for sure. Yeah. Yeah, well as always it's uh it's a pleasure and it's always fun talking to you. Yes. You you uh, you bring a, a dynamic to a, to the whole thing that is uh, unique, and uh, a lot of times you get people that will just sit there and listen and listen and listen, and you need someone to say, you know what, this is my point, and you know you want people to have this input, and everybody needs to have this input in this industry. They need to be, te- you know, talking about it, saying what they need, what they need help on, and they need to be offering their help. And I think that that's one of the most exciting things about doing this is that, you know, we'll have four people listen to this in the next year and we'll just, you know, but it's, I hope that someone gets something out of it and I hope that they take that opportunity to walk out and do something themselves. Yeah. So. I mean, it's all about empowerment. Yes. Education and empowerment. You know, what's funny is um, whenever I uh, interviewed Becky, she, you got to tell the story. <laughs> uh, which, which part of the story? <laughs> Social media sucks. Oh, yeah. Uh, Laird is a challenging person. <laughs> He's not afraid to, to challenge someone. And it, when I interviewed for my job at ITC, that was certainly the case. He challenged me. He challenged me in, in several ways, and one of them being that social media has no place in an insurance agency. And I told him he was wrong in the job interview, which I'm pretty sure the HR experts tell you not to say. <laughs> not to argue with the interviewer. <laughs> not to argue with the interviewer. 
uh, and I, I certainly have a vague, me- I mean, a clear memory of, of thinking, why are you arguing with <laughs> this guy who's interviewing you? It's not a good idea. Um, and yeah, I just told him he was wrong. And I, I told him why he was wrong. And he eventually saw my <laughs> your way my way <laughs> i i think i did Came offer around. i did offer you the job in the interview though. you did offer me the job in an interview yes yeah, so. cuz that, that's what that's what was needed is that you needed needed someone to actually say you know what there's power to this and have conviction on it and that's that's what's fantastic about what you do here so i i'm i'm happy that you you've eventually said yes after you made me wait for a couple <laughs> hours or days or whatever it is I think it was a week it was a week yeah there it is it, but uh we, we hope that uh, people listen to this also get something out of it and and make a difference. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been fun. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yep. Yeah.